On this episode of the Nationwide Real Estate Mastery Podcast, we sit down with RJ Papino to learn how to wholesale houses to yourself using private funding. Welcome to the Nationwide Real Estate Mastery Podcast, where we provide actionable steps to help you get your first or next real estate deal. Now, during this episode, you're going to discover exactly how to wholesale properties to yourself. Yes, that's right. Wholesale properties to yourself. Now, for those of you who are new, my name is Sean Young, today's host, and I love all things real estate. Now, before I introduce you to our incredible guest speaker today, I want to make a request that if at any point in this show you like what you're hearing, please give us a thumbs up or subscribe to the show so that you never miss an episode. And be sure to take a look in the description of this episode as we've packed it with thousands of dollars in free resources. Now today, we have the privilege to learn from a man whose biggest success prior to his career in real estate was division was playing division one tennis as an athlete before moving on to his sales job. But all of that changed guys when he read rich dad, poor dad, I would describe our next guest as resourceful. I want to introduce you all to the one, the only RJ Papino. RJ, thanks for being a guest on today's show, brother. Thank you, Sean. That was quite the um, introduction, man. I, I don't think I've ever been introduced like that before. <laughs> you deserve it, brother. You deserve it. We we I looked into you and you definitely deserve it, brother. Excited, okay. excited to have you. Oh, I'm excited to be here. And um it's uh, it's good to see that we're part of some the same groups of, you know, we're we're always learning, and that's one of the things I want to talk about is that. But uh I'm group um with you and it's been it's been a little while since we last spoke so mm-hmm. it'll be awesome to catch up with you today it is going to be fun man and you're right man it is great to see you in in these groups of, of higher education higher learning it's always you got to always be thinking about how can you improve yourself so you're right now before we get going rj this is all about you can you let our listeners know a little bit about your background and, and where you come from yeah so my i'm a stu- i was an athlete when I uh, went to high school, just on my my uh, younger years, I, I played a lot of tennis. You know, my family came from um, the Philippines back here and they migrated here in the 70s. And they were always, you know, instilling hard work, get good grades and going to uh, college and get <clears throat> get an education. Um, and it just so happened that in between that, I, I was able to play tennis and got really good. I uh, did the the junior circuit, played high school tennis, got recruited to play Division One tennis up in Youngstown. So this is in Ohio, and <clears throat> literally it was uh, it changed my life because it got me in front of um, some opportunities that I, I wouldn't per se get to in uh, where I was living in Columbus because I just ha- I had to change. Um, I had to be a little bit more social. I had to really learn things on my own. You know, it was um, quite the experience being up there. Um, and it was, you know, it was three or four hours away, away from family. And so I learned a lot of networking skills. I learned uh, like a lot of my social skills while I was out there. And, um, you know, throughout 
the, my you know college career in tennis, um, I, I had I was always like working and striving to get better, and in in my craft of tennis. So I'd be reading books, I'd be you know looking at tapes. Um, that was a uh, I always had. I always wanted to become better at what I was, and in order for me to get better, I would research, I would get coaching, I would um, you know just uh, I, I was never afraid to ask for help. You know, I need help here. Like, what do I got to do? You know, mm-hmm. so that um, willingness to kind of always be better and improve that transitioned into the entrepreneur world. Um, my, my tennis career kind of ended. It was, you know, I didn't have the money to go down and, and, and go try and, and play kind of the junior league of the pros. That's what I do. Uh, well, if you if you didn't have that skill set right off the bat after college. You have to go and play these smaller tournaments to get into bigger tournaments. Well, that costs money. Like, well, I didn't have any money. So I said, you know, I'm making this, these decisions, living up there on my own. I'm like, well, I got to make some money. And um, I was asking around my friends in the area, like what, what they did for work. And then I, I kept hearing sales. I'm like, okay, so I, it was the, the draw of I, I can control my own income. It's, it's commission. And I, I was like, well, I don't know how to sell. You know, I'm thinking, I'm like, well, I didn't know how to sell. So I, you know, in order to get good at that, I had to get some books. So I got some books on selling um, and worked on like the actual, like the, the lessons in the books that I was reading. And it was like, one of the books was, um, um, it was a red book. I can't remember it right now offhand, but it was a little red book of selling or something like that. And that was one of the, there's, there's many more books now that I've read on selling. Um, but that was the first book I read and I, I got, <clears throat> I, I was, uh, I started my sales career as a cold caller at a company that's not around anymore, MCI. And MCI. that was more of a summer, remember MCI? Yeah, so that was like a summer job that I, and the, uh, I was in a, in a sales floor that was, um, and there was like 20 people on the sales floor. And I was literally cold calling um, people out in um, Hawaii, California, all over the world to get them again into long distance, you know, to switch over long distance. And I learned a lot about that job. I learned a lot about um, gaining people's attention right off the bat, certain pitches that would work to get them to kind of stay on the phone. I also learned that it's, it is a, it's a grind, man. Cold calling is a grind and I did it all summer. Um, And unfortunately I I did make, unfortunately that company went under, but fortunately for me, I learned how to sell, but I also made really good money. And that kind of sparked my interest in the further pursuing a sales career. Went from MCI, went right into um, a company called Singular. And I'm, I'm looking at my, I got an iPhone here at my desk and um, I, I was selling iPhones at Singular mm-hmm. um, that into AT&T. So my, my experience in sales back in the day was with, you know, cold calling and, and Singular wireless sales. And it was more of the, the, the sales come to you. So I got a little bit of both the outbound and inbound um, experience. And man, I, I did that for, did that about four or five years. I lived up there in Youngstown and, um, you know, did really well in that sales position at Singular. And that transition from Singular to AT&T, there was an opportunity to move up. All I knew was 
then was to do really good at the sales and then start moving up into management and getting the corporate. That's all I knew. I had no idea about the world of entrepreneurship and being a business owner and what it took. And, you know, um, it really took, this is what it took, Sean. It took being denied some um, promotions that I deserved because, you know, when, when you're really doing good at sales, you're like, well, I want to, you know, get rewarded for that. That's how it was in sports. And so I did not know in the corporate ladder that environment like it doesn't matter they, you, you need to have connections you need to be, it just doesn't work like that like you, they're not looking at you from a standpoint of okay we did really good in sales i'm going to move you up in management there was no path for me there and it it took me getting sick and tired and sick and of just like not going anywhere and not being happy with what i was making to look elsewhere that looking led me to a book that's Rich Dad, Poor Dad. That book changed my life. It's changed a lot of other people's lives, too. It's changed a lot of um, lives, brother. It got me just... It, when I read that book, I'm like, whoa, this is, what, this is what it takes to be you know, rich and wealthy. Learn about the four quadrants. Learn about advantages of being a business owner. Advantages of getting into real estate investing. Um, that, that was the one that like flipped the script for me, you know? And from there, it I'm like, okay, so what's next? You know, I'm like, I'm going to take action. You know, what was next after that book was going to the to the three day kind of boot camp thing that they have, and I did that. I went there and I, and I was sitting on the in the stage and I'm like listening to this guy's story. Just the you know the belief that I had in myself was um, it was just flowing. I'm like, if this guy can do it, so can I. You know. Like that, that was the, the thing that I was saying, telling myself and listening to this guy. I'm like, all right, what do I got to do? Mm-hmm. Literally, they're like, this is what you got to do. You got to pay us $30,000 in coaching. I'm like, all right, I'm ready to do that. I'm ready to do that, but I don't got the money. And I'm like, and then they're like, well, we can put it on the credit card. I'm like, I don't even have good credit. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, um, and so I, 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 I was uh, just thinking, I'm like, how am I going to make this work? You know, how am I going to make this work? Well, um, this was back in 2000-ish, uh, six, seven, maybe. And mm-hmm. I'm like, well, I, I think, I mean, there's stuff, there's got to be stuff around that I can research, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, back in the internet, back into, um, the, the, you know, the YouTube back then, there were some people teaching it. Um, and, you know, I was looking at the videos, but I wasn't really connecting with anybody. I was, I was looking for somebody that I could connect with. And then I found a guy on, online, online, this guy, um, this guy had an online course <clears throat> about wholesaling um, properties. And it was basically, it was basically this, it was wholesaling properties, didn't have any good credit. You didn't have to have good credit and you could do this um, without owning the properties, flipping properties. I'm like, what? So <laughs> <laughs> it was like it's one of those things where I'm like, okay, I like where this guy, I like how this guy's talking. I can connect with him. Online guy. I got I got it started in this course. Um I didn't have thirty thousand dollars, but I had five thousand mm-hmm. dollars. So I, I got his course. And literally, man, like that that course taught me how to market. Um there was a script that I was using. I didn't know the the I didn't have any talking point like in sales, like how I learn in sales is I got to hear something. I got to hear a, 
a pitch or a presentation, and then I can go back and go do it on my own. So I had the script and there was all these videos um, about using the script, but there was no like live calls, you know? So I literally was reading the script in my head. I'm like, okay. And I, I had it underneath my, con- like I also brought a contract with me. Cause that's what they told me. You got to bring a contract with you so you can get the contract. But behind the contracts, I had my scripts. <laughs> nice. I was like, you're, in the, you're in the house. I was in this appointment. I remember I was super nervous. I was in the, um, in the parking lot, you know, or, I'm sorry, the driveway, um, house was next to a to a like a dollar general and i'm sitting there i'm like okay so this is i'm like formulating uh tell this uh motivated seller i'm sitting there i'm like man i really wish that i could just talk to my coach right now you know what i mean like mm-hmm. he had everything super automated so i was i think i was probably talking to like a virtual assistant of his i'm sitting there i'm like all right i'm in here uh, what do i do next what do i do you know mm-hmm. So I, I had no idea what I was even talking about to this motivated seller, but super motivated seller. And I, I went into the house, I had my contract and I had my script. So I was literally in between um, looking at him explaining the house. I'd also look at my script for notes. <laughs> and so, um, you know, I fumbled through that whole experience. And I was like, that was my very first contract, um, getting into contract, which I got it in contract at the wrong price. So um, I ended up not wholesaling that first deal at the back out of that contract. But um, the lesson that I learned in that is that you don't got to, you don't have to be perfect. Exactly. That was a major victory, man. Before you move on, I got to commend you for that, brother. You took massive action, massive imperfect action, failed your way forward, got a deal under contract. It didn't work, but you kept going. You're still here. I'm still here. I still fail every single day in some capacity of my life, but guess what, man? I'm not quitting. It's that's a- huge. That, that's huge for our audience to hear that, RJ. Um, a lot of folks think that once you have success in real estate, that um, it's never any more rainy days. It's always sunshine and you know, and palm trees from there on out. And, and it's that's not the reality of our of our business. There's ups and there's downs. As entrepreneurs, we just try to maintain the ups and lessen the downs, decrease the downs. Uh huh. Yeah, man, that is an awesome story, RJ. Man, um, th- thank you for sharing that with us. On you know what brought you into real estate? How'd you get started and going? I mean, that makes a a, a lot of sense, man. Um, now be- before we dive into the exact steps on on how you are able to wholesale houses to yourself, you contribute yeah. a you contribute a lot of your current success to your ability to learn how to get in front of mentors. You know, why do you think that has played such a huge role in your success? It has because it look man. There's always there's when when uh, when you look at um, successful people, um, there's they leave clues either in their books. They have courses, you know. They've got you know news articles on them, got videos about them. There's there's a lot of clues to success. Um, and if you study people, like I study. I, like before I, I go in and join a, a mentorship like we're in right now, um, I, I like to kind of study the person. I want to make sure that this is the right kind of person I want to be learning from. Mm-hmm. And, you know, every single aspect of success in my life has come from some sort of coaching. It, it really has, you know, even down to, you know, I got kids. So even down to, you know, sleeping, like having uh, my kids 
sleep and teaching them how to sleep, basically. So we go, I went to sleep school. I got coaching on sleep school for my kids. Like our, our kids aren't going <laughs> to sleep. So I went and, you know, invested in, in, uh, in that. And, and now we don't have that problem anymore. Hmm. Uh, back when I was in, in um, playing tennis, you have a coach. The coach is showing you, hey, this is how you hit um, the backhand using an open stance. Or here's how you hit, um, you know, the slice backhand or forehand volley this way. You know, and you practice your reps. You have to be willing to invest in yourself. I've never been afraid of that. I just want to make sure that I'm making the right investment with that, uh, with a person that I can connect with and they have the same values. So when looking at the, the person on the stage and they were trying to sell the, the coaching, well, I, you know, I was sold on, on the actual program, but I was, I didn't have any money, but I also wasn't like, well, I don't know if, if that's the person I want to be learning from. You know, I think I, I, I can do it. I had that belief in myself, but you know, I, I didn't really want to learn that particular person. So, you know, going back to your question, like you have to, you have to be willing to invest in yourself because that's how you get better. You, you know, you, you got to look for somebody that's probably a five to 10 years ahead of you, but also has the same values and where you want to be. Not, not um, just based on like a reaction that you see on online or something from a, from a post, you know, like probably going to get your attention, mm-hmm. but look at the other posts, you know, see how they are in lives, get some, um, um, look at their testimonials and get some references before you, you go into, uh, you know, a mentorship, but you got to get into a mentorship. You, you, that's the only way to cut time and not have to learn it on your own. And that has really elevated me and cut like five, 10 years out of, out of learning it on my own. Mentorships. I still have mentorships today. We're in the same mentorship group, right? Absolutely. Absolutely. You do not stop learning. And I think both of us as being former athletes, understanding that the need for a coach, it, it, it's like second nature for, for folks like us. Uh, but, but it's very crucial, right? You, you got to keep getting coaching. You've got to work on the things that you don't know. Yes, you have to. And who, who to learn from, from somebody that's been through that, that journey already, you know, that, that's going to give you some tips to how not make the mistakes. So I, I, uh, I, I'm still looking. I'm, I'm in a. I'm in a couple of several. Um, you know, I'm in a couple of several mentorship programs and also some uh, some mastermind groups. That's another thing, John. The mastermind groups are powerful as well, just as powerful as getting the one-on-one mentorship, because you're surrounding yourself around people that are in the same journey. Absolutely. And then you're sharing resources. Like before this, we were talking about, hey, there's some resources that we can share. Let's do that. Because that 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 aspect of giving is always going to come back way more. Every time. Every time. And you're right. Those masterminds are, is like you say, they're groups for you know folks to share information, to share best practices. There's some that are bigger, some that are smaller. But being part of, of, of a network of other like-minded individuals is crucial to get you to where you're trying to go, for sure. Absolutely. So I will always continue to work on myself once... Once I get to another level, there's always another level, you know, there's always another, another level to get to. Absolutely. Absolutely. Now for our listeners out there, what makes the nationwide real estate mastery podcast show unique 
is that every show comes with a detailed, actionable, step-by-step plan to help you get your first or your next deal. That way, you can pull these steps out of the show, create a blueprint on exactly how to implement what we're covering today. All you guys have to do is visit RJ's link that'll be in the description to get key takeaways and resources that he's provided for us generously today. Now, as many of you guys know, the Real Estate Mastery Podcast allows all of our guest speakers to break down exactly what they do. RJ, can you go ahead and start, you know, give us, you know, peel back all the layers, help us understand, first of all, how do you wholesale you know, how do you do what you do? How do you wholesale houses to yourself? And, and you know, what are the steps to make that happen? It, it, it all starts with this, the, the magic and secret sauce to um, get paid three times with our model on buying rental properties. It's all about having the private money to do so, right? You got to have private capital to do because the private money allows you to Number one, move quick. You're going to get the the, the um, uh, motivated seller. You're going to solve their problem, which is they got to close fast, right? In distress, right? So if you go to a bank or somebody else that has to go through and do this appraisal, it, it just takes too long. So you're solving a problem with the private capital. You have the private capital to do it. Um, also, you need to have good deals to do it because you're going to have it at um, you know sixty on the dollar, if better, to be able to pay yourself up front that assignment fee, you're assigning a, a property to yourself. Uh, and then on top of that, you're getting the monthly cash flow from making it a rental. And then on the back end, when you refinance with the bank, you're pulling out cash. So the bank's going to lend 75% um, of loan to value on your deal. So for example, let me break down some numbers. So, um, you know, we're in Ohio, a typical deal is going to be anywhere from a a hundred to two hundred fifty thousand dollars. Let's just say we have an amazing rental at two hundred thousand dollars. It's worth two hundred thousand dollars. Now, through the marketing that we do, right? We, you know, going after people behind on taxes. Um, that means that we're going to solve their problem by paying their taxes and get a good discount on a property. Or somebody that has a vacant property um, that they, and they live all the way in California or Washington, wherever they're at, and then we take that property off their hands. So in this example, the house is in a neighborhood where it's worth 200000 fixed up. Well, we bought it, right? We made an agreement with that seller to say, hey, we can take it off your hands for cash at $100,000. It means about uh, 25-ish, um, you know, K in rehab. So well, what I'm going to do is I'm going to use private capital to... Um, buy it for a hundred and also rehab it for, uh, you know, 25. Best thing about our model though, Sean, is that, you know, based on our um, after repair value that we're going for at 200 K, we know that we need to be all in for this property at 150,000 mm-hmm. because that is that 75% of 200,000. That's 150, right? So we already, we're trying to reverse engineer these deals because this is uh, this this is going to be a, this is like a typical rental that we're buying that's probably going to cash flow anywhere from four hundred to five hundred a month after expenses, um, taxes, insurance, property management, all that maintenance and vacancy, and so now we're going to go to our private lender and say, you know, Mister and Miss Private Lender, we've got an amazing opportunity here. Um, these are the numbers. Um, what we need to borrow is, you know, one hundred forty thousand dollars. 
uh, from you. We do this in a way where they're either going to get monthly uh, payments if that's what they want, or we do it where they we we structure the payments um, in an accrued basis, so they're getting their payments at the end of the project when we refinance. Okay, how do you find those buyers? I mean, excuse me, those lenders, those private money lenders, private capital, right? Are in your network today. More specifically, they're in your network through. It might be your CPA, it might be your attorney, it might be your doctor, your dentist, your you know, um, your friends and family, even. But you got to talk to them, and they got to know what you're doing. And instead of saying, "I'm just a real estate investor." You tell them, hey, um, I help investors invest in real estate, right? Or I'm a real estate developer and I help investors get into real estate investing. And this is how I do it. Like, here's a typical deal. Like, I, I, have, a, I have a presentation that we use. It's a private money presentation. Be happy to give it to your audience free charge. They just need to connect with me. But this this particular presentation talks about you know, why uh, investing in, in real estate is a perfect way to you know, earn double digit returns on your money and you're protected by the real estate asset because you have a first position note lien on this on this house that's already discounted, right? So lenders are everywhere. Back to your question, lenders are everywhere. The perfect thing that I've learned is that if you start documenting what it is that you're doing um, on your you know, Facebook, social media uh, channels, you're going to start getting direct messages from random people saying, man, I've been trying to look into getting into this type of investing. And you're not going out there and saying, I'm looking to raise $140,000. You know, you're basically explaining your deal that you have mm-hmm. and asking if anybody wants to get involved. Two totally not, different approaches. Right? You're just documenting. Like it, it's, it's like having a case study out there. You're putting a case study out there of a typical deal that you do. This is it. Here are the numbers. Um, I'm buying it for a hundred. I'm going to rehab it with 25. I'm going to borrow $140,000 from my private lender. And guess what you're going to do? You, you can pay yourself up front. You're already buying it for 125. And then the remainder, of what it is, uh, you know, 15,000. That can go to you. You're, that's your wholesale fee to you. Now you have one hundred forty thousand on that note, and that thing is going to rent for you know nineteen hundred a month. It's an amazing deal. After you fix, rent it, um, you buy it, fix it up, and you rent it out for nineteen hundred a month. It's covering your note to your private lender. Mm-hmm. Take that property now, and you go to the bank. That bank is going to give you a loan on an asset that's producing cash flow. At 75%. So now they're going to give you a loan of 150000 Guess what you're going to do with that? All right. You're not just going to keep it all. You got to pay back your private lender. And you make a little bit of a difference there. You know, whatever it is, five, six K. That's a cash. That's a tax-free uh, check because it's just a loan from the bank. And you put that in reserves, you know, keep that right there in your, in your um, rental reserves. Or you can do whatever you want with it. What we do is, you know, we we put in our rental reserves to, to cover any other costs, but sometimes it's not six thousand that we're putting out; it's like fifteen, twenty thousand mm-hmm. because we bought it at a really good discount and used private capital to buy that deal. Um, and now our 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 refinances, Sean, are five, ten, fifteen properties at once, so we're getting a big chunk 
of, of capital at the end of the day. And we're doing this with multi, small multifamily as well. So, you know, private lenders are everywhere. They're, they could even be for your audience, right? That's, that's listening. A lot of them are wholesaling and they have buyers, right? Mm-hmm. They have cash buyers. I'm telling you, private lenders are your, are your cash buyers. A buyer is a buyer is a buyer. That's one of my mentors that has always told me. 100%. A buyer is a buyer. They've got access to capital. And sometimes you don't have all of the, um, the deal flow and properties to get that capital working. So they could get it working. You've got the deals. You just need to position your marketing in a way where you're asking if, you, if, you, they could, if, if any of your buyers want to be capital partners. That's how I, I would position it. If they're interested in being a capital partner, give me a call and talk to them about how you can give them, uh, you know, a percentage of the interest on, on the deal. However, you want to work it out. In the beginning, Sean, I didn't have a lot of ex- like my business partner had had really no experience with private capital, so we had to give up a little bit of the equity. Mm-hmm. We took care of our investor, and eventually, um, it became just a you know nine percent loan. Interest only loan, uh, you know, 12, uh, 12 month loan. And we were able to do that cash out refinance, um, in like four or five months after that. And so you, you just, you start with one lender, you pay them back, obviously pay them back, you treat them well. Um, and then they're going to tell their friends, you're going to get better terms. You're building a track record. So. This model that we created, we kind of engineered this deal, allowed us to, to, to stop giving away our best deals and allowed us to start creating that monthly cash flow that you need to survive in real estate. Because wholesaling is a way to get chunks of cash quickly in your business, but also the next month you start at zero again and you got you to do it again. You know, um, and so having a wholesale business is great. But then if you can wholesale the ones to yourself mm-hmm. you can become the biggest buyer in your town. So, guys, I, I, I hope that you understood clearly what RJ was saying about wholesaling to yourself. Um, it's basically the concept of, you know, you want to you want to keep the best opportunities for yourself. But most wholesalers, like RJ is saying, are, are in the predicament where they say, hey, I don't have the capital to take down these deals. He's just mm-hmm. generously said that he's going to provide for our listeners today, you know, how to go, how to go about getting that private money. He'll, he'll provide that for us. So there shouldn't be anything that's holding you guys back from going out there, having these conversations, letting people know exactly what it is that you do so that you can get this private money to take down these opportunities that are out here all over the place, but you do need the private money a lot of times. Yeah, it's, that's the, that's the key. That's what we specialize in, Sean. We, we show you how, how to structure your deals, um, how, how to make sure that, you know, you're using the right paperwork. Um, and, and, and that's how that's allowed us to, to grow a rental portfolio. That's the key. Um, you know, so, and there's, there's, uh, um, I was telling earlier in here in the conversation, we have a presentation, you guys can connect with me, love to give it to your audience. Um, but the, the main thing too, is we, um, we have the PowerPoint presentation. So you just take out our you know names and actually use your, uh, your company, your deal, um, uh, that you're, that you're looking for funding or an example deal. And, 
it, it can literally, you can literally just start today and it, it, it's, it's, you know, it's going to take some time to, to get people to, to like pay attention to you. But if you consistently do it, especially here's a, here's a tip, especially if you're in this real estate group, Sean, these real estate groups, they're everywhere now. There's private lenders in your real estate group. You can put this case study in your real estate group and see if anybody is interested in learning more about the deals that you have. I'm, I'm telling you, you're going to get a lot of um, messages. The real estate group that we're in, there's there's a ton of private lenders in there already. And there's also hard money lenders in there too. And that if, if that's the only thing that you have access to, it's great. You know, you can start building your track record there, but private lending is the best because you have complete control of the deal and it's 100% financing. That's what we like. And it's a relationship thing. You know, you're, you're, you, you, you build long-term relationships with private lenders. For someone getting started, for a newbie or someone who's maybe even has some experience out there, I, I kind of hate the word newbie, but when someone who's just getting started or even has a little bit of experience, how do they determine what's a good rate to ask for or what's a good rate that's being offered to them for that private money? That's a good question, Sean. So that it really depends on like you're going to be in control over that. So um, in, in the beginning, we we were asking in our um, we, we were part of some groups. So we would ask like what what's a typical private lender getting in the groups? And, and, and you know, there's a lot of answers there. There's eight, nine, 10, 12 percent. You you really have to see where that that um investor is and what they're used to and a perfect question to ask is what type of returns are you seeing right now in the market they're going to question i was getting six you know and now it's i've I've lost some money you know and and so now you know there's a baseline of six so you just got to make it a little bit more appealing to them you can give them eight nine ten make sure that you have a program though have a minimum you know any more the, like a double digit return is a lot uh, more appealing than a single digit return, right? So you can always start low and go up high, right? Like 10% is typically where we lead off, but we, we still use 12%. Um, the highest that we have is 15%. And here, let me, let me talk about this. Your, your, your private lender who's, give, who's at, we're asking 15%, right? But... That private lender is very easy to work with. You can text this private lender. They can wire the money in a day. They're not going to beat you up on, uh, you know, all the, they're, they're being more passive. They're not in your, in your business a lot. Mm-hmm. That also speaks volume than that the person that's giving you 7%, but they want all these reports. They want to go into the walk, the property with you. Like they, now also want equity, like there's a, a, an easing business and they only have a hundred thousand to, to work with. Mm-hmm. So you got it. There's give and take. So we still have lenders today that, you know, require a little bit more interest, but they're so easy to work with. They're lifelong, you know, relationships. We've been lending, uh, they've been lending on our properties since 2012 when we got our first lender. And wow. so they're, they're, there's a give and take in that. Mm-hmm. So don't get too caught up with, the interest rate, focus more on the relationship and the ease of doing business and also the amount of capital that they have. 
and there's gonna be a, there's gonna be a win there you, you, you know so um, it's you still have to do your job of getting good enough deals okay right. those are great great points great points won't work with marginal deals I'm telling you so be di- diligent in numbers okay and let let that work for you so don't be too um like I said don't be too caught up with the interest rate. What what markets are you guys in? Are, are you doing this locally or are you doing this nationwide? So we have a plan to get outside of Ohio, uh, and then and you know in three um, three four years we want to hit up some other markets that we feel are uh, it's landlord friendly. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, there's an affordable um, for an affordable housing, so we like to stay right below the house median. Uh, there's good um, house stock and. You know, we have boots on the ground over there. Um, so right now, as we are, you know, we're in other markets of Ohio, but the main markets, Columbus, now we're in Cincinnati, Dayton, and Cleveland. Um, and we're also in some um, regional vacation um, spots of Ohio because we like the Airbnb model. So um, that that's where we're at currently. Ohio is a great state to, to live in, very affordable. Landlord laws are, are pro-landlord. Um, so it's to um, have to deal with some uh, misbehaving tenants and I like I like it you know some other markets that I think would also do well are like South Carolina Florida um, some parts of Florida so but that's that's later down the road um, but I, like, I really like the, uh, the Midwest um, and then the obviously down in the in southern states that are landlord friendly Yep, southeast, southeast. Absolutely. Um, let me ask you this, RJ. Are you guys concerned if the market takes a dip? Like, uh, you know, what are you guys going to do if that happens? Well, um, yes, just like anybody else, we're we're you know we're uh, we're trying to stay ahead of it, and we're doing it in a way where we're being a little bit more conservative in our underwriting for deals, um, and we're also opening up the strategy of um, helping out you know tenant buyers that want to become. Uh, homeowners. So we're bringing up some strategies that were we were heavily involved in 2012 and 13. Um, the market wasn't as hot. It was actually, you know, it came, it was coming back up from that that uh, uh, the crash, um, back rent to own, um, and allowing our you know some creative strategies in our dispositions of property. So we're bringing back rent to own. We're bringing back land contracts. And um, we're just not we're not doing as many flips like we're 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 just not doing that like that. That was I would say that that model of doing a lot of fix and flips. That was 120 days ago. We're being a little bit more selective if we're going to do fix and flip. And we have a model now that we can, you know, we don't have to because we're the biggest buyer. You know, we want to hold on to as many assets as possible and still be able to dispose of the ones that come through our pipeline. So if we have something that's a realtor referral, we'll get it to our realtors and get a little bit of that commission. If it's, if there's one where you know, it makes sense to do um, some of the new advanced strategies like Novation or Retail Buyer Program, we'll do that. Like We're still going into this market as a home buyer that will help solve your, uh, you know, your problems in any way that we can. If we can't um, solve it by using cash. We'll solve it by uh, helping you out <clears throat> on the listing, on a creative strategy. Uh, we're still going in with that. We're just not 
going at it from a, you know, fix and flip standpoint of where it was kind of like heavily that it was probably doing that 70% and holding 30% in the last, you know, couple of years. Um, we're looking at um, buying and holding more because I think there's going to be a lot more opportunities for that. Very, very smart, man. Uh, I, I really appreciate you mentioning to our audience that things have changed, you know, in, in the last 120 days. Uh, you, you guys got to really, you know, stay abreast to what's happening in, in your local market, in the industry as a whole, because things are changing. You, you cannot use the methods that were, you know, in place in January today. They're just not going to give you, they're just not going to give you the same results that you were, that you were hoping to have. You have to do things a little differently as the market um, dictates that. So I, I really appreciate you pointing that out to our audience that you guys have even made pivots within your organization as well, um, based upon today's climate. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you have to got to stay ahead of it. That's why we're, um, that's why we're in this group, Sean, you know, Absolutely. part of, we're talking about the market changes. We're trying to stay ahead of things. You know, um, you talk about the importance of investing in mentorships. Our mentors that they're, they're looking at the same stuff we're at. Yep. You know, we all are working towards um, helping our community be successful. And, you know, I, that's, we, we don't have a magic ball of what's going on and uh, what's going to happen, right? Mm -hmm. But I think there's principles here that we, we've talked about that can help you, you know, be successful in a slow market or a soft market. And, a hot market like it, like what it was <laughs> earlier this year. Um, so I think, uh, you know, your your audience is in the right place, listen to the right people to help forward what's going on. Indeed. You're right, brother. You have to, to stay, uh, you have to stay aware. You have to stay in that mix. Now, now guys, as a reminder, at any time in the show, if you like what you're hearing, like right now, go ahead and give us a thumbs up or subscribe to the show so that you never miss an episode. It's your engagement that drives us to keep doing this show for the community for absolutely free. Because like RJ said, we are trying to help change lives out here. RJ, um, what do you think your life would be like if you never found real estate and you were still, you know, playing tennis or, or in your past sales job? I think I would have found something. I don't know if it would have been real estate, but maybe um, I, I, I don't know. I, I probably could have been doing something consulting wise because uh, I really like helping people. Okay. Um, I get a lot of enjoyment doing that, but um, I could have been a, um, no, the other, the other life that could have been would have been like a, a sales or well, a, uh, a, a teaching pro of tennis or maybe like a sales consultant or something like that. But I, I couldn't imagine being not in control of my own destiny. Let's put it that way. hundred percent. hundred percent can agree with you. I, I can't, I just can't, I can't every day. There's this drive that I, I wake up pretty early in the morning and I have to get up and get after it. It's, and it's like a habit. It's ingrained in me. And I think it stems from getting up early and going out, and getting to the tennis courts before, you know, before school. And we were doing that mm -hmm. in, in all kinds of weather. We were doing that. And so it's that same drive. Like I got to get up. I got to be doing something. If I feel like I'm caged, I'll be frustrated. You know, I'll, I'll be frustrated. And I can't, I just, I can't operate like that. So Working, um, if I had to work for somebody else now, I'd, I'd probably get fired because it wouldn't work out. 
So, <laughs> so you're not going to be a good employee, huh? <laughs> be a good employee. I just can't. I, I just can't. Like if I'm going to really put in the time and effort and energy, it's got to be something that I'm in control of. And, you know, it's got to be, I, I got to be working towards my goals and my vision. Love it. Love it. You control your own destiny, being a self-determining individual. Absolutely. Well, RJ, we have made it to the part of the show that I like to call the rapid fire session. This is yeah. where I'm going to ask you a question. And the first thing that comes to mind, you shoot. Okay. All right, let's go ahead and go. On a scale of one to 10, how strict were your parents? 11. <laughs> say 11. Get up early or stay up late? Get up early. How many hours of sleep do you get per night? Mm, five and a half, six. Okay. Favorite or last book read? Um, hundred, uh, $100 million offers by Alex Hermosi. Nice. If you could be any superhero, who would it be? Um, I would be this, this superpower that I, that I would want is mind control. Mm. Okay. Something everyone should do less of. <sighs> Drink. Something everyone should do more of. Invest in yourself. NFTs. Bang or bust? Um, I, I don't know that much about it. So since I don't know, I'm not going to invest. So I'm going to do bust. If you had one wish, RJ, what would it be? I wish I could have more positive influence on my family and friends and everybody around me. Nice, nice. Man, those are some great answers, RJ. Do you have any final thoughts that you would like to leave with our audience before we wrap things up? I, I want to connect with you. Um, so feel free to reach out to me, whatever link um, Sean uh, provides. I'd love to connect with you. Uh, and I'm super grateful to be able to, to have this time with you. Um, and I hope my words inspire you to get to your goals. So thank you so much, Sean. I appreciate it. Thank you. This has been a, a wealth of information for our listeners. I'm sure they, they have gotten great value out of today's show. Now, RJ, you know, I, I definitely want to thank you, brother. Um, I'll make sure that I include that link, like just like you said, in the description so that all of our listeners can get a hold of you um, should they want to reach out to you for any other further resources as well. Awesome, Sean. Thanks for having me. No problem. And to my listeners, you guys have made it to the end of the show. So give yourselves a big pat on the back because most people never finish what they start and you just did. Now, if you got any value out of today's show, be sure to share it with your friends and on your Facebook page, like the video, subscribe to our channel and send us topics that you want to learn more about. So until the next episode, you guys can catch me on any one of my social media platforms. I'll see you guys on the other side. Thank you so much, RJ. Thank you, Sean. With this crown on my head, I'm seated on the throne. The top is so alone. Only thing that keeps me gone is I know my city love me. I know my city love me. I know my city love me. I know my city love me.